If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. Friends, this episode is one of the montage episodes, and I have to share with you, those are often our most popular episodes. We have asked many of our guests what they do to recruit and retain the top talent, and we have taken the best of their answers and brought them to you in this montage episode. The reason we wanted to ask that question and bring those answers to you is because not a day goes by that someone does not tell me about the difficulty they're having recruiting new staff members. And I often get semi-panicked emails from executive directors or board chairs who are losing key staff who will say, oh my gosh, Dolph, we just lost our development director or our director of programs just submitted their resignation and we don't know how we're going to fill that position in this tough job market. So we asked our guests, what are they doing to recruit and retain talent? And their advice on this topic might very well surprise you. So join me on this fast-paced adventure about ways that we can recruit and retain top talent. Shanice Miller of the Taskly Group spoke with all of us in this podcast community about eliminating our nonprofit structural inefficiencies and pain points. Shanice, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? So the interesting thing I find is a lot of times we think about recruiting and obtaining talent where we're just going out and interviewing people or we're trying to get people in. But I start earlier than that. What I do to recruit and retain talent is by really thinking and getting clear about what exactly do I need that person to do? What tasks do I want them to do each day? What will the day in the life look like for that particular person? And make sure that I am writing all those things down so that I can make a job description that will hit all of those responsibilities, all of the tasks, all the things that I need to take off my plate and put 
and bring somebody else in so that I can have a reference point to find a qualified person. That is such good advice. Thank you. Allison Mayfield of the Humane Society of Northeast Georgia was on the podcast and shared with us ways that we can build effective, accountable relationships with our senior leadership team members. Allison, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? You know, Dolph, this is one of the toughest things to do in this um, environment that we have right now. Um, But I would say one of the things that we're doing um, is, A, we have hired a good HR manager um, and to keep up with all the things and to have someone really devoted to that, which is really important of an organization this size. But I think the second thing that we're doing is ensuring that the training is in place for new employees so that they feel equipped. Because I believe, and I I don't know what the data is, you probably do, but I believe that people leave their jobs for several reasons. One is culture. One is it's just not a good fit for them. But another one is that they don't feel equipped to do their job. And so we have really tried working on some of the training pieces so that they do feel equipped to do their job because it this job at the Humane Society comes with a lot of liability and uh, and fear, right? There's dogs and cats and whatever. And so if they don't feel equipped, um, then then they're probably not going to stick around. And so those are just a couple of things that we're trying to do to help retain. Thank you. Amy Brin came on the podcast and had a conversation with us about how collaboration can help your nonprofit grow. She's the CEO and executive director of the Child Neurology Foundation. And, you know, quite frankly, their organization has baked collaboration into their DNA. Amy, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? Thanks, Dolph. I I actually, we're having a lot of conversations about this right now, especially now with the new normal of living with COVID. People are wanting a a totally different work experience. And so we really try to double down in the culture and in particular, the the benefits that we provide talent. Um, We recruit from across the country. We don't just make it uh, limited to where our our headquarters are, are limited. We offer competitive salaries and benefits and a lot of professional development opportunities as well. I think that people want to perform where they want to perform and and we have to be a good steward of them to make sure that we're keeping them as healthy as possible. And so we're just looking at new innovative ways. So for example, you know, summer Fridays, giving them a four and a half day work week. We shut down, except for our frontline responders, uh, two weeks off around holidays. so They can really invest time with their family and their friends, things like that. That's awesome. Thank you. Denise Spivak and I had a great conversation on the podcast about strategic planning. It was a broad and far afield conversation and well worth listening to. Denise is the CEO of Centerlink, which is the community of LGBTQ plus centers. Denise, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? Wow, Dolph, I don't know that that's easily answered in just a couple of minutes, but I will say that I think it is one of the biggest challenges facing CEOs and executive directors right now um, in the nonprofit sector, in, in every sector. Um, I, I think it's multifold. I think it's it's making your organization attractive to, to 
people, right? So that they want to come work for you. And, and that takes so many different forms. But I think especially when we're looking through, uh, through an equity lens, right? Are you providing an, an equitable atmosphere, right? Is everybody, is, is this a place that is ready to welcome and support a diverse pool of employees? Are, are you doing the things that, that are necessary um, internally to be that place? Um, and then when we're talking about retention, um, and even when we're talking about recruiting, right? Are you providing good benefits? Are you respecting that people have lives outside of work? So we're we're a nationally dispersed organization, which means we have people all over the country. We have flex time. You know, if, if people want to work four days instead of five, if people want to work noon to eight and you know, or noon to nine, I, whatever. I, I I really to me right now it's about can you get your job done? Um and then you you figure out how that needs to be done. There's certain times we need everybody there. So how can we make this work with your life? Respect that you have a life outside of the organization. How can we support people's growth and achievement and, you know, give them that launching pad to, to grow and succeed? Um, and so those those are a couple of the things that we've really been focusing on. Salary audits, reviewing policies and procedures. It, and it's never done, right? We're, we're constantly doing that. It's making sure you're doing that salary audit every two or three years, making sure you're reviewing your policies and procedures so that they're up to date and just reviewing how you're operating because things change, times change, life changes, and and uh, and making sure that you're viewing your organization, not just as an organization, but as a group of human beings. Thank you. Friends, we had Gorik Eng come on and speak with us about his book, The Unspoken Rules, Secrets to Starting Your Career Off Right. When I introduced Gorik on the episode, I actually left off one of his positions. So this is a great opportunity for me to say, in addition to being a career advisor at Harvard, he is also teaching at Berkeley. Hey, Gorik, what should nonprofits do to recruit and retain talent? My hope is that more nonprofits put themselves in the shoes of their job applicants, their new hires, their employees, and ask themselves, what are they hoping to get out of this experience? Often nonprofits and frankly, organizations at large will think about the employer-employee relationship as one of what's in it for me? What value can you add to this organization? What projects can you get done for us? When the folks on the other side are asking themselves, how can I learn? How can I grow? What mentors can I build? And how can I grow a career here and more broadly? So the more that you can have a conversation with your employees about, hey, let's fast forward several months, several years to when you're handing your laptop and your email back into us, what do you hope to have accomplished? What skills do you hope to have developed? Who do you hope to have met? What bullet points would you hope to have put on your resume? And let's craft an experience together that helps you and hopefully helps us along the way as well. Thank you. Jennifer Moss came on the podcast and spoke with us about her book, The Burnout Epidemic. In addition to being an author and a consultant, she also has a small team. Jennifer, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? 
So for me, it really is, I find about attaching people to the mission of what I'm doing um, because of the work that I do, you know, having people that feel passionate and are, you know, really engaged in the research and care about making sure that it's evidence-based. So I tend to, you know, bring in people that have background in research and academia, but also have practiced what they're doing and understand that that plays an important role. So it's, you know, really highlighting that brand and highlighting who I am and being sure about who I am helps a lot in the people that are drawn to come work with me. As far as retaining them, you know, having a small team, I think there's a benefit to that. I mean, I have had a larger organization and as we grew, it got harder and harder to, uh, to be that connected to each person. And so I like the sweet spot of the size of the team that I have, but one of the things that I have really built, I think myself as a leader, I was never a really great manager, which is also something to understand about myself. I'm a better leader than a manager and not everyone is great, even though they can be really a good leader, having that skill as a manager. So identifying that is really important and knowing, okay, I have other people in those roles doing those things. And then spending a lot of time actively listening to the way that people want to be communicated to. You know, I have some people that like to just go quick back and forth and they have no, you know, issue with quick emails or quick requests that that's how they like it. But then there's others that feel sort of like that it's impacting them negatively when they don't get a, hey, good morning, or how are you, or those prefaces in the email, because for them, a quick email seems like maybe I'm upset or they read into it or they get stressed. And, you know, email communication is really fascinating and we need to be better at understanding how people receive messages and how they feel about the messages they're receiving. So I'm really careful to just understand what people need and I communicate that to them in that way. And then I think also I do try to really love up the people that that work with me because it's busy and, you know, it's intense at times. And so there's lots of, you know, great perks that I try to in, include in, in my workforce and, and making sure that they're also very specific and nuanced to each person. Some people might want to have a Friday off to spend the weekend at their cottages all summer long or be able to have flexible and remote work or, you know, or some people like to see me more. And so it's about, you know, understanding what that need is and then just working on a one-to-one -one relationship around, you know, a whole strategy when it comes to retention. Thank you, Jennifer. Jim Dieter was on the podcast to talk about his incredible book, Choosing Courage, The Everyday Guide to Being Brave at Work. Jim is also a professor at the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business and the Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy. Jim, what do you recommend that organizations do to recruit and retain talent? When you look, you know, whether it's the great resignation, when you look at what's now being called quiet quitting, which has frankly been around forever, uh, when you look at unionization, uh, you know, increases, when you look at uh, how people are feeling about working in healthcare, so many other sectors, what you see actually is stuff we've known for 50 or more years, which is people for the most part don't quit their job because they quit a mission or a vision. They quit their job because of their boss. They quit their job because what the organization is supposedly about is not what's reflected day in, day out when they show up. And so, you know, what, what I would say is, so much of this need to endlessly recruit or endlessly train comes from the fact that 
once people get in the door, what they thought they were joining is not what they're joining. When people join an organization, they don't just sign sort of a legal contract, right? An employment contract. They form quickly a psychological contract. What do I think our relationship is going to be? And uh, sadly, um, it's the psychological contract that gets broken uh, much more quickly often uh, and much more regularly. And that's what leads to people actually quitting. So my advice is drop all these notions of you know charisma and visionary leadership. And everyday management to be good at it is actually really hard. And it requires a lot of very specific skills that you hone through practice. It's not flashy, it's not sexy, and it's not innate. And so how should you be training people? You should be getting serious about the real skills that managers at every level of your organization need and giving them a lot of routine practice and a lot of routine support and holding them accountable for those behaviors, not these kind of silly, flashy goals. Thank you. Sam Threadgill came on the podcast and joined us for a conversation about all things related to donor cultivation. Sam is the Chief Philanthropy Officer of the Humane Society of Northeast Georgia, and quite frankly, one of the best development officers I have ever met. Sam, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? One thing that we've discovered recently, is actually pretty cool, is recruiting, and specifically in animal welfare, we've recruited a few people from municipal facilities, which if people don't know what that means, it's essentially like the county shelter. And the difference is we found they come here and they're like, wow, this is wonderful. You know, we think of it as kind of a crazy uh, environment. But when you come from a shelter that's bringing in like 20,000 animals a year, 1,500 is no big deal. And they're a lot happier. So that's just very specific to animal welfare. But one big thing in general, especially on the philanthropy team, is not getting stuck on the idea that we need a warm body to fill a position. And I know that you've heard that a million times, but it really is true because we all fall into it so easily and just think, God, we just got to get somebody in there and we can, you know, make them, make them great. But really they can come great if you just wait. (laughs) So taking the time to really research and find somebody good for the position, not necessarily because of their schooling, but maybe experience um, or things they've done before in life, finding the right person for the job is super important because you can't build everything that you need in somebody. It just comes innate in a lot of people. And and we've waited to find those people and we've really built, built a great team because of it. Thank you. We had Lauren Steiner on the podcast to have a conversation with us about building relationships with funders and really using equitable language in a forward thinking way in our conversations and our proposals with funders. Lauren is the owner and founder of Grants Plus, which is one of the nation's largest grant consulting practices. She also has a new podcast out, The Great Grants Podcast. So make sure you check that out. Hey, Lauren, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? 
Well, Dolph, it's difficult right now because it's such an interesting job market. You know, the employees really have the upper hand. So recruiting is difficult. And I will say anyone who's done it or is in it now, it, it it's a challenge. Um, we're probably doing what most are doing, and that is looking proactively at people that fit the roles that we have and trying to bring them on. We advertise in all the places, you know, LinkedIn is really he heavy um, for us. And also looking at people that are working in organizations are in roles that are that we think would be a good fit and reaching out to them proactively. I can't say that enough. That has worked really well for us. When it comes to retention, though, I would say that we, um, we have worked really hard to have a robust program for employee retention. And there's a couple of things. Um, one being strong onboarding. You know, we're told over and over again, when new employees come on, that they have never experienced onboarding like we have. And that is from day one, their schedule is planned, they're meeting with key people, they're getting the lay of the land of the organization. They're not ever being thrown into something without adequate, um, you know, background information and that we've documented that so that it's a repeatable process. That's super important. Another really important thing, though, in retention is the culture of the organization. And that's bigger than, you know, just retention of employees. But that is, you know, we work really hard to have a culture of no drama, you know, there's no room for politicking, um, you know, these kinds of things that have the dysfunctional things that happen. And when you have a culture like that, that's pretty healthy, then when something comes up or someone, unfortunately, where, that doesn't fit with that culture, it's really obvious because, look, this is not a fit, you know, here. And that just takes a lot of intentional work. And then I think the last thing would be opportunities. You know, most employees today are look not every employee, but most employees are looking for what's next for me. And so making sure that our supervisors are well aware of what that employee's desires are for growth, their own growth and what the company's needs are for growth. And so we're a growing firm. Every year we're bigger than what we were the previous year. So there's usually some movement, but that doesn't mean that it was always easy for us to find the next thing that made sense for an employee. Um, so that takes real intention. And frankly, on both sides, you know, it's not up to, you know, the employee just to sort of ride along and see what happens for them. I mean, they need to be the creators of their own careers. But as employers, we also need to be really actively involved in that, thinking about what is the organization, what does the organization need? We're always looking at, not today, but in three years, what is the Grants Plus of three years from now going to need? And how do we see the path forward for each of our employees in that? So I think those are some ways, the opportunities, the culture, and the um, onboarding, you know, being intentional with your employees. It's not a set it and forget it kind of thing. Thank you. When Terrell Blunt came on the podcast, we were talking about hiring and retaining people who are formerly incarcerated. Terrell is the chief executive of the formerly incarcerated College Graduate Network and a two-time college graduate himself, both from Rutgers University. Hey, Terrell, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? Yeah, uh, one of the things that we're doing to recruit talent, I mean, we really look within our network. We're working on and deploying programs that would 
help our members who all are, you know, system impacted college graduates to upskill and develop a lot of the training that they would need to perform well in different organizations. You have both the hard skills and soft skills. Um, So having the professional development training, instead of looking for someone who actually fits and checks every single box, we're taking a different approach and saying, well, how about we provide people with what we need in order to get them to work in this field? And it may be something similar to uh, what they do in the, the trucking industry, right? You, they take someone who has never driven a truck, they will fly you out to Virginia or some other state, teach you how to drive, and then hire you afterwards. So we're taking a, a similar approach, but it's more so in the nonprofit space. And around um, retention, I really believe that it's important for employees to be supported from the moment they enter our organization. So again, thinking outside the box, something that we really want to make sure is implemented here at FICGN to increase our retention is offering people coaching um, when you come into the organization. And that hopefully will build a space where people not only feel confident in their role at the organization, because I hear a lot a lot of times people feel um, imposter syndrome. You know, they've went through incarceration. They've done possibly quite the opposite, which is graduate from college. And now they're an astute scholar. And now they're in an organization that they probably never would have guessed that they would have been in. And now it's lots of questions internally, you know, mentally about, wait, am I a fraud? Do I belong here? You know, things like that. And I think having a a coach that can not only help people on that, you know, mental, emotional side, but then at the same time, kind of coach them again on things that they would need in order to succeed in the workplace, having different um, conversations in the workplace, knowing boundaries to set and things like that. I really um, hope that what we get out of that, the results that we get out of that, are happy, maybe I should use a better word, but happy, content, you know, hardworking um, team members that that love our mission and um, feel supported in their work. Thank you, Terrell. Mary Gladstone Highland came on the podcast to chat with us about being proactive instead of reactive, and that episode also included a great conversation around professional and personal boundaries. Mary started Spark Consulting 16 years ago and helps nonprofit leaders stop putting out fires and spark new ideas. And she does this through fundraising planning, change management, board development, and more. Mary, what are you doing to recruit and retain talent? I think one of the um, biggest challenges that I see with nonprofit organizations that are struggling with this, and many are right now, I hear this a lot, is hearkening back to our conversation on reactivity and proactivity. What I see is um, our development director left and we have the year-end campaign coming up. And so let's post that job description, the same one as before on Indeed, get a thousand applications and find a warm body as fast as we can. And that doesn't lead to great results. 
you know? So what I'm encouraging organizations, no matter how dire the situation is, whenever you lose a staff member, take out that job description and think about it. Do we still need these skills for this position? Do we need new skills? Do we need somebody who has, you know, a different set of skills for this role? Do we need this role or should we change things up so that we maybe get a different person in place? So that's one of the things that can help you to bring in the right people because so much about retaining talent is getting the right people in the door to begin with. I would also say, make sure that you're posting in places where those right people are. So Indeed might not be your best choice. Maybe you have a local nonprofit association job board. Maybe you have, you know, a social work listserv that you can reach out to or something of the like. And then use a hiring matrix. So a lot of times when we do interviews, people say, okay, we're going to create this list of questions and we're going to have our team and we're going to ask everybody the same questions. And, but it really boils down to then we're going to go with our gut, Right. And what the hiring matrix does is before you even bring people in, it helps you to think through what are the really important qualities that we're looking for in this person. You give everybody that matrix and then they can rate the person like I thought they were this good on that quality or this good on that quality. It doesn't mean that the person with the best score wins. There's always going to be, you know, something in the mix of the, the interaction with the person, but it gives you a lot of really good data to go on so that you can say, yeah, we really love that person. They were great, but if you look at it, they didn't really have the qualities that we need right now. And so I think that together, those help you get really good people in the role. And then once they're there doing everything you can to add in those intrinsic motivators for staff, because the nonprofit sector is really run on intrinsic motivators. Not to say we don't like salaries, right? Pay your people well, please. But once you're paying them well, I'm going to assume you're going to do that, right? And you're going to roll your eyes and say, how do I do that? That's another episode. But once you have that covered, remind people why they're there. Give them the autonomy to have control over their job and of their role. Provide professional development um, for them and provide flexible working benefits if you can. Thank you. As we close this episode, it is appropriate for me to share how I am recruiting and retaining talent in my interim executive director positions. For me, the equation is simple. And quite frankly, it's kind of based on a book, a game-changing book that I read a couple years ago called The Good Job Strategy. And I always try to adopt a good job strategy whenever I am in the position of hiring and retaining staff members. And specifically what this means is that I work on recruiting positions that first of all offer not just a living wage, but an equitable pay scale that allows an employee to live with dignity and financial security. If we're not offering jobs with equity that really allow a person to live with dignity, we should not be surprised, A, that it's really hard to find good workers, and B, that the good people typically leave pretty quickly. Second of all, we design jobs that a person can actually do in the number of hours that are allotted. Far too often in the nonprofit sector, we will put together a job that a human being could not possibly do in 40 hours. And yet, somehow we expect them to do it and are surprised when they burn out. Sometimes, of course, that means that 
We have to invest in additional staff or we have to cut back on what we are doing. But that's part of the good job strategy. Let's have jobs that a human being can actually perform. And once we get that person on board, we've got to orient them so that they can understand both the organization and also perform the job-related expectations. Once we've got them initiated and onboarded, then we've got to invest in training and development so that they can see upward mobility potential. And if it's not at our agency, that's okay, but giving them the opportunity to learn while they're with us so they can continue to move up. And the last piece of the good job strategy that I always try to adopt is creating systems that operate as efficiently and effectively as possible so that staff can focus on their jobs. If we can just do those five things, I have found that it is so much easier to recruit and retain talent. And friends, you have now heard from many of our recent guests about ways that you can recruit and retain talent. I hope that some of these tips and ideas are actionable for you and that you will use them, frankly, to be more competitive when you recruit for staff and also to do an even better job of retaining those staff members you have. And if you got a great idea and you're planning on using it, I would love if you reached out to me by email or tagged us on social media and let us know what you're going to be doing to recruit the top talent and to keep them at your nonprofit. That, my friends, is our show for this week. I hope you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And I say this every week. The lawyers make me say it. I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, and accounting advice. If that is what you need, please find a licensed, qualified professional who specializes in the exact type of counsel you need and get their advice.